Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Joe is off this week doing Joe things. I'm not sure what he's up to, but instead of Joe, we have Jason Lowenda from Mobius Journeys. Jason and I have been in various travel hacker groups for, I don't know, close to a decade now together. I think we've met in person a couple times, right? Yeah, we've met in a couple of different meetups and things like that. That's always the great way to make those connections and yeah, we definitely have met up a couple of times in person. Yeah, it's crazy how the years go by. We were in, I don't know, one of my early travel hacker groups, not one that I organized, but just one that I was in as a member, both of us. And when I think back to when that started, that had to be like seven, eight years ago when that group came together. Yeah, it's been about seven, eight years. And it's crazy to see all the changes that have been happening in our travel hacking space and all the differences and all the new properties, new credit cards, new products, and all the different changes that keep constantly happening that keep us on our toes and keep us adjusting and keeping us close together too. Yeah, it's crazy. In some ways, the hobby is stronger than ever. There's more opportunities and greater bonuses and greater opportunities to earn points. But the naysayers always say, oh, the hobby's going to end. And we certainly have seen things become less generous over time. Although that's, I don't know, the way of the world, right? But it has changed quite a lot in the last seven, eight, nine years to the point where it's almost unrecognizable in some ways. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of new groups and new people, new parts of the community. And definitely, I feel like I'm a dinosaur and I've only been doing this, as you said, about the last 10 years. And there's people that have been doing it for twice as long as that. But yeah, the changes are constant and new products and new things. But it's definitely a great hobby and a fun hobby if you know what to do and what you're looking for and to really save on travel and things like that. There's still great opportunities and great products out there. Yeah. And it's a good thing to be around sometimes newer people in the hobby, just because they have the passion that some of the old timers don't have anymore, or they're less settled in their ways. Cause I find that I'm very settled in my ways. I've talked a lot on here. And I also talk in the diamond podcasts about how I earn a lot of my points through reselling and that's generated a lot of points for me. So I got lazy in certain other areas. That's not bad either. We don't need to pursue every opportunity. But it is fun to be like hooked up with newer people in the community who are just finding this sort of passion for quote unquote free travel for the first time, because that can reinvigorate your passion for it as well. Yeah, definitely. As we talked about those in-person meetups too, just those opportunities to meet and connect with different people and learn different hacks and different tips and tricks. And just be re-energized. It's the joy of travel hacking and, and travel in general is just so fun and so wonderful. And to learn new tips, new destinations, new credit card products, it's just a really fun time. And there's always constant different changes and new products and new things coming out. One of those group members that you talked about is now head of loyalty over at Built. And that's probably the biggest, newest player on the market. And it's, just, it's great to see him thriving and to see new products and new people and us coming into the forefront. And making this our career too, which has been wonderful. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that because there are a lot of people who have now crossed over. Joe, my co-host, he's still a teacher, but he's done incredibly well as a travel agent focusing on Disney and built an entire business around that. You're going to talk about luxury travel and how you're a luxury travel advisor and how sort of coming from the hobby, how you did that. Now, I did want to talk to you because if I remember right, you were a chef, correct? And you had your own like uh, catering business back in the yeah, day. Yeah. So I've done a different jobs. Uh, I was a chef, a classically trained chef by trade. I spent time cooking in Philadelphia, in New York, Los Angeles. And my last kind of where I hung up my apron was in Las Vegas, working at Bellagio way back in the day when they opened Spa Tower back in 2003. Really my love of food turned to my love of travel and it come full circle now. And it's been wonderful to see and to explore and experience 
many different cultures and countries and things like that. When you travel, is it like food forward being with your background in, in being a chef and do you seek out like unique restaurants? I know being a foodie is like very 2023, everybody's searching out the, the hidden spots and there really aren't any hidden spots anymore thanks to the internet. But is food a bigger part of your travels, you think, than other people? Yeah, like I feel to me like you can learn so much from the culture and from that country and their history through food. And it's just also a great way to connect with different people and different cultures too. When you're traveling to meet different travelers and different people and learn what the next great restaurant is. Maybe if you visit a restaurant, you can break up a conversation with a, a table mate or somebody else and learn about different places to go. So always food focused. I remember like, my buddy Paul and I were talking this morning about I was in Austin for a travel conference back in 2018. I think we went to 12 restaurants in one day, just having small bites and taste. And it was a great way to learn the geography of the city and to learn through food of the different barbecue joints and the different Tex-Mex type joints to learn the history of Austin. It was just a cool, neat way to experience Austin, especially on such a short timeline. So do you seek out food? Do you search for reviews? What are your sort of go-tos when you new place? From the food perspective. Yeah, no. So like for me, I've always, my always go to it an eater. I felt eater is a pretty good source of information and pretty up to date, especially with the bigger cities. And now of course, people are always going to TikTok. So you have to do a little due diligence with TikTok of who's the influencer and who's not. And if it's really a good restaurant and do a little bit of background investigation on it. But TikTok is always a good source nowadays too, it seems. Yeah. Social media can be great for inspiration, I think. But as you point out, there's so many, I don't know, pitfalls with social media content and especially around food. I always watch, I don't watch it very often, but it's usually when we're on a cruise ship, we watch Guy Fieri's Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives because Carnival, it's one of the things they have on their channels because of their tie-in with him. But he goes to every restaurant and every place he goes, he loves it. And he highlights the key menu item and they film it and make it look really pretty. I see the TikTok content in the same way. It's an ad for the restaurant. But it can be great to see a place that you hadn't heard to see the food. But I wouldn't rely on a review from somebody from TikTok, especially if they're not disclosing it, because in most cases, the food is free. They're not paying for it. And we see this in the travel space, too, on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram reels, where people are selling something that they're not really disclosing the truth about. And I feel like that's an, an unfortunate side of that short form video content, but there's a lot of great creators too. And I, I love it for Vegas food, just because I'm in Vegas, finding those TikTok videos, that's great inspiration. Yeah, that's definitely like, as you said, inspiration. That's, you gotta do your due diligence, gotta click online, kind of read it through the reviews and try to see worth its weight and see if it's really what it is or what it's meant to be. Also, the next way you have to reach out to sometimes a travel advisor, and there's a good connection to me too, to reach out to some of your trusted people in the community and to see if that's really worth the investment, if that's really a great restaurant or a great property to visit. But that's also where that kind of comes from the line too. Yeah, we have a member, a friend of mine in the community, but he, he saves, every time he hears of a place, he saves it in this Google map that he has. So he has this master place of places all around the world. He may not visit the place for five or 10 years, the city, but every city he goes to, he has a list of all the places to eat and everything that he's been accumulating. I find it's helpful to ask him, oh, I'm going to this city. What are some of the cool places to, to check out? But yeah, always networking with people is a great thing. In this community, it's amazing because there's people that have been everywhere. Right. That's what I love about the community is you can talk to people and maybe in your group of friends, you're the exotic traveler. But then when you get in a group of miles and points, people, you're like barely traveled compared to some people who have visited every country or anything. I love that part of it as well. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I feel my inbox is at least weekly filled with a food question from somebody that's going to some random country or far off city. And they're like, where do I go to eat? Where is, where do I find this? And usually they want to find a specific place and they're asking me for advice and recommendations. So I love to help with that too. So before we talk about being a travel advisor and also what you do and some of the sort of luxury travel things that tie into miles and points, uh, I did want to talk about the gold card changes because this week American Express made some changes and I'd be interested to hear about your opinion on it to the gold cards. First off, they announced a new family rule for the gold card and they've added this to what the Delta, the platinum card. So it seems like one by one, they're refreshing their cards to add this quote unquote family rule, which says that you may not be eligible to get a bonus on the card if you've had another card in that family. Basically with the gold card, the family includes what the premier rewards gold card, the platinum card, the platinum card for Charles Schwab, all those cards as well. So do you think this is something that American Express is going to do across every card product, basically restricting bonuses? And the language does say may not be eligible. So do you think that without the pop-up, people are still going to be able to get approved? Yeah. So I find it fascinating to see that they're bringing different brands of cards into the mix. The gold card, the platinum card, for example, that that language is there because the two very different products and two different earning structures and everything else that ties into that. Now, I think it's a slippery slope that we're seeing a lot with Amex lately. A lot of cousin measures are happening and things like that. And I hope we don't see with the co-branded cards. Usually the co-branded cards are the ones that are safe. But as you mentioned previously, we're starting to see some of those changes and cuts too. They've increased on the gold card. The annual fee is up now $80, I think it is, from $295 up to um, $375. So they've increased that annual fee as well. And really have not given you a lot of benefits or perks to offset that cost to me. And I've always said, I do a lot of credit card auditing for clients and stuff like that, that Amex is for benefits. It's a benefits type of card. And if you're not looking for points earning, travel hacking, things like that, Amex is those advanced level cards that you fill the back of your wallet with for some certain perks and benefits. And even that's going away. We had Amex Platinum that got rid of the restaurant benefit was uh, priority pass a couple of years back. Even the benefits are being cut back. Like we talked about with Delta, the Delta lounges are being cut back with access. Centurion lounge is being cut back with access. So even those benefits and perks are being cut back. So it's interesting to see what the next steps will be with Amex. I think they're really trying to gear down to is they want people that are going to be, have history with them. If you always look at their card, it's always members in state. They want those people and those customers that are going to be around for 10, 15, 20 years. I think they're trying to build that up and to continue that and not have this churning process going on with people in our community. Yeah, I agree with you there. They never really wanted that. They've also been great about altering the terms to be very favorable to them. We may not give you a bonus if this and the list keeps getting longer. So adding the family is the new thing, but then you remember they added, if you've gotten too many bonuses, that's the dreaded pop-up where it basically says you can't get this bonus because we've determined that you've been too aggressive, or maybe you've gotten too many bonuses, or they have a bunch of stuff that they look at. So they've given themselves a lot of language to deny it. I did have somebody ask me, does this necessarily mean that you won't get the bonus if you've had those other cards? And no, it doesn't necessarily mean that people have had success if you don't get the pop-up getting the bonuses, the terms are there. So if they don't want to give it to you and you have those other cards, there's really not much uh, way you can fight back against it. And I think you're right about the cutbacks. American Express, I remember what we're talking back in the day in the hobby, right? The platinum card forever had a $450 annual fee. 
and it's just gone up and up and up and the lounges are more crowded. So it's very popular, but I don't see this as a huge deal only because I feel like it's inevitable. They've been too generous with bonuses for quite a long time. These last few years, I think it started in 2020. And I remember the day when you would see like a platinum hundred K bonus. And that was like insane. You probably remember there was leaked links. A link would go live for like a hundred K platinum and everybody would go nuts. There was even a time where American Express clawed back points from people using a leaked 100K link. And now we see 150K, even 200K with the checking account bonuses. So we have seen some good stuff when it comes to this, but I think you're right. They, they want to be more controlling over what they do. On the flip side, you said this is an advanced bank, but once you're in with American Express, it's great because it's very easy to get approved and you can earn a lot of points through signup bonuses. They really do encourage you to get different products. Overall, not terrible, but I hate to see this family language and I do expect it'll go across all their cards. I think this is the beginning of what we're going to see. This is the family term is going to be their version of 524 like we have with Chase. We're going to hear family a lot with Amex and we're going to see a lot of this happening. But as you said, they're wonderful with customer service. They're wonderful with price protection and things like that and travel insurance and travel protections. But it, it is, it's a great benefit card. That's always what I try to tell people. If you're look, looking to earn lots of points and miles and to rack things up, this is probably not the card for you, depending on, I always look at what airport are you? What's your home base airport? What are your travel habits? And nine times out of 10, most likely the Amex cards are not going to be like the first recommendation for clients. And with the current gold changes, you'll see one of the things that they added with a new bonus category for transportation for like trains and ferries and things like that. That right there to me means they're targeting New York City and that demographic and those people. So it's always key to where you're living and what type of habits of spending you have and travel habits as well. So I wanted to talk about the business gold card now for a second, which is having a revamp as well. I did want to say this week, 150K offers were showing up on the American Express website for some people depending on the browser or whatever. But if you just went to the American Express gold card page on their website, the normal bonus is 70K, but some people were seeing up to 150K. My wife got that targeted offer and we signed up. So I was excited for that because 150K on the business gold card is pretty much unheard of. We talk about these new record bonuses coming, but they did revamp the card and they changed the Forex categories. So you'll earn Forex membership rewards in your top two eligible categories. And they have some good ones, electronic goods, obviously wireless telephone service, transit, as you talked about, uh, gas stations, restaurants. So there's some good opportunity on the 4X earning. But I also thought it was interesting. They added Walmart Plus membership, which I don't know, that's probably not a great value, but I guess for some people it could be. I know in my case, during the holidays, I use Walmart Plus for some deals for reselling. So that could be a benefit. But then they have this $240 flexible business credit, which is $20 in statement credits each month at FedEx or Grubhub or office supply stores, which is an interesting one, right? And maybe you could buy a $20 gift card at Staples or Office Depot. That one almost seems like it has value that you could almost turn it right back into money in some way, which is an interesting thing. But annual fee on this card going up as well. But yeah, I, I, if you could get 150 k for it, I'd say go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. And you brought up that Walmart one. The Walmart's kind of interesting to me. I, I just don't feel that really aligns to me with Amex. I think Amex is old money and kind of that brand partnership is an interesting one. And I think Walmart's really trying to push and to compete against Amazon. But as you said, for the resellers and things like that, it might be a great opportunity for those people to score some good deals and get some good benefit and value out of it. 
But either way, if they're offering you a nice sign up with that $295 annual fee, which is still in place, it will change to $375 next year, but that's not a bad deal. So check that out. There's articles on the site. I'll put a links in the show notes for you to read about all the changes and the family rule and everything else. If you guys want to dive into that. So Jason, I have you here because I want to talk about luxury travel advisors. I feel like there's a lot of people in the miles and points space that don't feel like they need a travel agent um, because they're very much experts at booking stuff. I think a lot of people in this hobby, I'm not going to call people in this hobby cheap, but they don't always see the benefit of using help or maybe it's, you know, enjoyable to them to do everything themselves. But what is a luxury travel advisor specifically within the miles and points space? Because I know quite a few people who do this and it's always opened my eyes to what sort of market is out there and what sort of help can be provided even for people who are travel crazy and heavily into this stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. So I, I think for us in the travel hacking community, there is a small group of us that are travel advisors and then taking that a step further that will offer services to allow award travel in the mix of booking travel. I think it's great because especially with the, some of the new beginners, we'll take those for example, they're just so overwhelmed to plan their first trip and they don't know where to start. So I've helped a handful of beginners in this space, really just helping them navigate all the different nuances of travel from all the different travel partners with the credit cards, maximizing their miles, and then getting them that magic business class flight for them to go to Europe for the first time and to be able to experience that and then be able to help them navigate all the different hotels and brands and the best way to maximize your hotel stays, whether that's staying at Marriott for five nights versus four to maximize that free night at the Marriott property, things of that nature, you, you have those beginners. And then you have on the opposite end where I have been in the travel hacking spaces, I use hacking to pay for my flights and pay for the hotels, the big experiences, which allows me to afford to do some of the more unique special experiences like private access or exclusive access to museums or hot air balloon rides or some of those kind of crazy things that we probably couldn't afford if we weren't able to have the free flights and the free hotels and those types of experiences. So I tend to help people do that, getting private access to the uh, Tower of London. I had people go see uh, earlier, uh, the Crown Tools earlier this year in London. They had private access to that for a full few hours, just themselves with uh, a handful of friends, being able to experience a museum or other clients that went to Sintra and visited a castle, that they had private access to the castle or the Palace of Versailles. So those kind of really one-off special experiences that our people are looking for, that's what a travel advisor really can shine and really can step up and help. And then it's also access to those exclusive programs through Hyatt Privé or uh, Hilton Impresario or Marriott Stars and Luminous, where if you don't have elite status, that those programs that you're paying for rates can give you those elite status perks through the, the benefits programs that the travel advisor can help with. And then also oftentimes those rates that the travel advisor can get are going to be cheaper than you will see advertised on normal rates as well. So there's many different perks and things like that and nuances to it. So it's a lot of fun. It's been really busy and the community has definitely been very supportive of my endeavors. Yeah. It's interesting when you talk to people who have been in the community longer, I think they see more value and use out of a travel advisor. It's not for everybody. Some people just want to get into the dirty details and plan everything themselves. But there's different levels of people too in this community. There's people that have the ability to earn the points or they're jumping on the best deals, but they don't have the time to dive into figuring out how to spend them. And like you said, it's all about the complete experience and having somebody who knows miles and points 
in addition to being able to book other stuff is important because not everybody is trying to get every single thing for free, right? So there are, there are people who earn a lot of miles and points. I know people who just have high amounts to spend. They're not necessarily in this hobby, but they earn a lot of points and they want to get value back from them. And also they want to go on big, fancy trips. There is a market for that as well, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like our community is very diverse as it's grown, especially I have clients that are high earners and have businesses and business owners and things like that, who really earn the points and miles to assist their company and their staff and to reward their staff with different perks and benefits. And that's what they use their points for. And they might use their points for nannies and things like that. And then I have other clients who are just starting out that are just trying to scrape by and make the best experience that they can have and really everything in between. So it's been really interesting to see and to learn and to meet new people in the community and what their needs and what their wants are. But I'm definitely the one, I feel there's kind of two people, one that really wants to maximize their experience and to get the best value and maybe just do one or two trips a year. And there's other people that are looking to go to as many trips as they can. They don't really care about where they're staying and what they're doing. They just want to check off a lot of countries. So it's neat to see the different types of travelers and what they classify and what they want to do and how they want to experience travel. So you talked about experiences and the hobby. Is there any good ways other than we know going through like Chase Travel using Ultimate Rewards or the various travel portals to get those types of like luxury experiences over the top things? using miles and points. Have you done any of like the hotel programs? I know I did a event for Hilton a few years ago where they had a concert in Las Vegas. People could redeem points for that. What is your favorite experiential plays with miles and points? Some of my most favorite have been with, uh, with Emirates. Emirates has some great opportunities. They still do, but they unfortunately have cut back too. One of them was US Open. It was pretty easy back in the day to get US Open tickets if you had access to Emirates miles. And unfortunately this year for the first time ever, they limited that to what appears to be, or what had rumored to be just elite qualified members of Emirates. So you had to have Emirates status in order to have access to those unique tickets. But Emirates, uh, I did a, a suite at the Dodger game in Los Angeles one time where they had a hospitality suite for a handful of members that I got to do. They had Emirates flight attendants on staff some co-branded merchandise and swag and stuff like that. That was a really cool experience. So yeah, though, no, there's definitely been some great value and unique things. F1 has been big, but I really recommend that you check out Emirates. There's still some great things, especially if you're a football fan in Europe and you want to go catch a soccer match or something like that. Emirates tends to have some great value and some great opportunities to, uh, to do some cool things like that. Yeah, we've seen some other opportunities lately. Built just had their rent day thing. So I feel like that's something to keep your eyes open at all times. And people don't always do that. Hilton, Marriott, they have similar programs. They're not always the best deal. It just depends on the event. Sometimes there's promotions like we saw with Built. So it's always a good thing to keep your eyes open. Like I said, I did the Hilton one in Vegas a few years ago and I covered it as media. So I didn't pay, but I think it was like 40,000 Hilton honors points, which isn't a ton. And it included a very intimate concert. I forget the band, but they're a pretty well-known band. All the food is like a VIP experience on the Las Vegas Strip, open bar for a couple hours. And if you think about 40,000 points, the value was certainly there. And so I think the experiential side is something that we don't focus on enough in the hobby. So I'm glad to, to talk to you a little bit about that. I did want to ask about some of these programs and maybe go in a little depth on them. We talk about fine hotels and resorts all the time because I think American Express Platinum Card gets overcovered. Uh, but there are other sort of programs, like you say, whether it be Hyatt Privé, you have Hilton Impresario. 
what are these programs specifically and why should people in the hobby pay attention to them? And also, do they make sense to use if you have elite status, which a lot of people do? First and foremost, it absolutely does make sense, especially in the hobby, because when you're booking these, you're booking these essentially direct with the hotel. So you're going to continue earning elite nights. You're going to continue earning miles and points for your stay. So those are some great perks versus when you go with an online travel agency or another third party that you're not going to get those elite perks tonight. Hyatt Privé happens to be my favorite. So Hyatt Privé with your travel advisor, whenever you book you, at the time of booking, you'll get an upgrade. So that will be confirmed within 24 hours of your booking by your travel advisor. If you never want to book the highest tier of a standard room category, you always want to book like a tier below and then they'll upgrade you. But you can't not upgrade from a standard room to a suite category, but you can do that within the categories of a standard room or a suite. So always an amazing perk and cool perk to have to guarantee that upgrade, especially if you're looking for a certain room and you want to make sure that you get that upgrade and you can guarantee that room at time of check-in that you have, you've been upgraded. So really great perk. And similar to fine hotels and resorts, all these programs are going to offer $100 resort credit or so, depending on the property, you're going to get usually a free breakfast, room upgrade, and some other kind of cool premium perks, uh, whether that's Hilton Impresario, which is more geared towards luxury properties with Hilton, Marriott Stars and Luminous for uh, a variety of different hotel brands, or if you're also going to do that through Hyatt, Hyatt probably has the largest membership in the Privé program with a variety of different hotels. But then there's also different hotel options too that the travel advisor can help with. Whether that's Virtuoso, you could also do that SLH, Rosewood Elite, Belmont Bellini for the more luxury properties. There's many different opportunities. And while it's nice to always get free hotel rooms, it doesn't always make sense. Sometimes the cash rate is so cheap that redeeming points wouldn't make sense. And I know a lot of people jump on these types of deals. I use FHR a lot. Lately, mostly just to burn my credits from platinum cards, but I've had some amazing stays with that. And it's always nice to look at the perks. What do you find is the difference generally in rate for one of these, let's say with Hyatt Privé versus a standard sort of rate that you could book on their website compared to a Privé rate? What is the percentage difference? You are getting all these perks, but you are paying a little bit for it, right? No, so the benefit's going to be the same. So if you're looking at a standard rate for Hyatt, that Privé rate's going to be that the same. The only time you might see a difference, if you're looking like at a member discount or a AAA discount, then you might see a little bit of a change in the rate. But also there's many different offers and opportunities too. If you stay longer, like a fourth night, you get a fifth night free. So depending on your stay and what you're looking for, I would say most times that rate's going to be equal to or less than what you're seeing online. Marriott's notorious for giving the travel advisors through that program access to lower rates than you'll be able to see online, even through the member rate and things like that, especially if you're going for a longer four or five, six, seven night stay. Good to know on that. I think that people should be more aware of these programs. How do the elite benefits work? Let's say with Hyatt, I've heard that you don't can't double dip on the Privé free breakfast plus what you get with Globalist membership. Obviously, you would get a upgrade with Globalist status. Does it give you any real benefit booking Privé, maybe the $100 credit as a top tier member with Hyatt, Hilton, Marriott? Yeah, the biggest perk, as you said, is give you the $100 credit. But also when you book with, especially a well-known travel advisor who does a lot of bookings with Privé and has those relationships and connections, you're going to be VIP to the highest level. You're, that travel advisor is going to reach out to the hotel. They're going to communicate with their connections at the hotel. And it's the strength in numbers kind of thing. That travel advisor is bringing a lot of business to that hotel. So they're going to want to make that travel advisor happy. 
So they're going to want, in turn, want to make you the client happy. So you're going to see a return, a conversion rate of upgrades and a little bit of extra tweaks and perks and a little bit more special attention brought to you when you stay under a prevay rate with a great travel advisor. Yes, that definitely is something people should consider and look into with that. I did want, so some people on the hobby call becoming a travel agent, the ultimate travel hack. And I noticed more and more people are doing it. We mentioned that earlier, but is it the ultimate travel hack? What are the upsides and downsides purely from the hobby? You're a nerdy travel person. You love earning miles and points, and maybe you want to enhance your own travels, but maybe you want to help friends and family. What are the perks of being a travel agent? And what are the sort of downfalls people should know about it? Getting all this free stuff can't be as easy as just signing up to be a travel agent and then watching all the freebies roll in. Yeah, no, definitely. There's definitely some professional decorum too and taking advantage of your partners. You want to maintain a good relationship with your partners and walk that line. What it's done for me really is opened up a lot of doors to see a lot of different properties that I wouldn't necessarily see as a travel hacker, as I wouldn't see in the points and miles. Some of those are just not obtainable through the war travel space. Hotels like Rosewood, Belmond, Dorchester Collection, Oatker Collection, those really high-end, high-value properties that are just not accessible to many. It really opens up those doors to see those and learn the business a lot. And as your business grows and as you do a lot more business with a lot of partners, then yeah, you do get those invitations to go to different places and experience some places. You get access to what's called the familiarization trip. So it's called a fam trip is what we call it in the industry, where you get to go to a, a new country or a new city and experience that city. Look, fortunately for me, I'm going on what's called a fam trip in April to India, where I'll be staying at some really high value hotels and luxury hotels and doing a wonderful amount of experiences and things like that. And that comes with time. That comes with experience of you working and building a client base and growing your business and getting those invites. That's really where it comes from. So it's a double-edged sword. It takes time to do it, but once you get there, it's a great perk and great benefit as well. Yeah, it always sounded like the greatest travel hack uh, for people like us, for like hotel nerds and stuff, but it's just like reselling, right? We talk about reselling or buyers groups or spending anything like that. When you're starting a business, it's a business, right? You can't just start something and say, oh, I'm a travel agent. And then you're going to get all these perks raining down on you. But if you do work at it, build a cool business, then the perks that it unlocks for somebody who's nerdy about travel are amazing. I've done fam trips and you get some over-the-top experiences, as you say, you get to try out different brands because in the miles and points space where a lot of times we get locked into a brand or two, right? I stay way too much at Hyatt hotels. Uh, and then when it's beyond that, if I'm looking at name brands, Hilton Marriott. So like to, to your point, you're getting the different brands, you're getting the different properties that you would never go do if you plan the trip yourself. So it has a lot of cool perks for people that are nerdy about this stuff, but it's not something you would do just to do because you're not going to get those perks unless you work hard at it. Yeah, definitely. You definitely want to build your reputation, build that brand and work hard for it. And then you earn those perks and you earn those benefits. The job is not for the faint of heart. It's definitely a 24-7 job, especially as you build and grow your business. There's a lot of upsides to it, but there's definitely a lot of downsides to it. Definitely a tough industry to break into. And as I said, you're going to be working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, depending on how many people are traveling and how supportive you are of your clients. And you definitely want somebody who's supportive of their clients. That's the benefits of using a travel advisor, right? Is that you don't have to deal with all that stuff yourself. And it's always good to make sure you have that person. But it would suck to have the travel agent who you can't get a hold of when you're stuck in the middle of the night in Dubai or something. 
Yeah, no, so one of the cool perks that we're able to offer our clients when you book airfare for cash with us, not the low-cost carriers, but the regular kind of airlines and things like that, you get 24-7 on-call air support. So if there's any flight cancellation, any changes like that, especially during the holidays, you're not stuck on hold an hour, two hours trying to get a hold of the airline and fix your flight and things like that. You get somebody, they answer the phone quickly and be able to get you changed and get you on your way. Especially if there might just be one seat left on the, the next flight. When you have a travel advisor that's available and accessible, you're going to be able to make some moves and definitely reap the rewards and benefits of that. So before we close out, I did want to ask you, having been in this hobby for so long and playing the long game here, traveling for a long time, all your history, what are the primary ways that you earn miles and points today? Is it through sign-up bonuses? Are you have your collection of cards where you have your spending locked in? Nowadays, it's definitely, I look at myself as doing sign-up bonuses when it makes sense and when it's right, but I'm definitely locked in to my cards and my portfolio of what works for me. But also on the flip side, my travel patterns and the ways that I spend my points has definitely changed as being a travel advisor. So now, before I was looking for hotels and I was looking for airfare and all those kind of all-encompassing things, now it's just a really matter of airfare sometimes of trying to get from point A to point B and then the job perks and benefits take over from there when I get to a country or, or a hotel or a city or something like that. So the job perks kick in from there. So now I'm more geared towards the airlines and airfare and those kind of perks from the airlines. So you might see in my wallet more airfare related cards, which is something that is important to me right now versus when I, I was doing it before. You definitely see more of those the Amex Golds, the Built Rewards, the Chase Sapphire type cards where you were able to transfer to a whole bunch of different partners. Now I'm more geared and locked in towards airlines. That makes a lot of sense. And people will focus based on what their needs are. And it's interesting to follow the journey, I think, through the years in this hobby, just because your focuses do change. And as things are new and get excited, we also get caught up in the waves of groupthink, right? Where everybody is trying to do this one thing or get this one thing. And having the hotel situation figured out isn't a bad deal at all when you just have to focus on airlines and especially we've seen so many of the airline programs become transfer partners with all the banks and feels like with flexible currencies you have more opportunity than ever to book for airfare and then i know that you're a travel advisor so obviously you have advanced tools but i feel like tools like point.me or seats.arrow these new search tools have made it even easier for airfare because that was always my struggle was i knew the basics i knew the the main programs to search and stuff, but being able to search everything relatively easy, I think has been a game changer in this hobby when it comes to airfare. Sheets.arrow, like you said, and those kind of programs have been great, but it's also interesting to see that we've had some talks of those, of the airlines cracking down on access to those kinds of award perks and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and to see if those companies like Sheets.arrow are able to continue and be able to offer all the different airlines, all different perks, but no, they're great tools and great resources to have, especially for people uh, starting out who don't know that you can use Turkish airline miles to fly here versus using American miles versus British Airways miles. And just trying to figure out the different nuances and what's the best value to use those miles. Yeah. It takes the time required, the barrier of entry, I feel like down, not only does it show you what space is available and gives you a, an ability to see it all in one place, but it also just helps connect all those dots that you're talking about, British Airways for America and all this other stuff. As you start to see these tools show you what the best prices are, you start to connect the different carriers 
as a new person. So yeah, if you've been around a long time, then maybe all the different Star Alliance programs that you can book for each other, but you don't even really need to know that anymore. And that's made a huge difference. And I feel like the airfare game is a lot easier. Now on the downside, there's a lot more people booking these tickets and it seems like there's coming out of everything in the last few years, it can be harder to find business or premium class award space than it used to be. And certainly there's less of those sort of hidden sweet spots that we all used to love. Uh, but uh, I miss my last minute Cathay Pacific first class redemptions. Those are a thing of the past. Can't find business class. Making these things accessible to more people, I feel like it has a downside as well for people like us who know what we're doing. The availability and the cat and mouse game is definitely has picked up a little bit. There's definitely, I feel a lot more of us that are looking for those premium products and things like that. And then I also feel the airlines are playing a part in that too, that they're reducing availability a little bit and trying to get some last minute availability. If you're flexible and you're able to wait to the last second to find flights, you can find some great deals of Tons has historically been known to release last minute first class uh, flights and things like that. So for those that are flexible like that, you can definitely find some great uh, sweet spot redemptions too and some last minute deals. Yeah, I definitely need to do the Lufthansa first class one of these times. Every time I pass in through Europe, I try to make it work and it doesn't. And then, of course, I'm usually with the daughter and, and wife and finding three tickets is a lot harder than finding one ticket or even two. So sometimes two is fairly easy and three is difficult. And that's all the joys of family travel, which you know of as well. I did want to close out. What is your favorite deal going on right now? It doesn't have to be the biggest deal in the world. It can just be something that's miles and points related. That just gets you excited that you're hitting hard or that uh, you just want to talk about. Yeah, I think one of them is the, one of those in the, our community, I feel it is, is the build rewards card. I, I don't think that it gets enough love that it should right now. And with all these changes that we're seeing with Amex and with different people cutting back, I think build is really building itself out to be a key player and a key component of uh, our happy space of what we're looking for. And the fact that it's a, a former travel hacker who's in charge of their award travel program and things like that. They've done a great job of what they've done. And I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of people who are just getting into the space to uh, take a look at and to consider that card. Yeah. And I have a financial relationship with Built, So just to disclose that, but I do think it's a interesting product and it's one that a lot of people in the community put aside at the beginning. And then they've noticed all the rent day promotions and some rent days are better than others. Like none, not every rent day is going to be the most amazing thing ever, but they've done some really interesting status match promotions, the event things with the NFL. There's a lot of interesting stuff that they're doing. And as you point out, they're run by somebody who's from the community. And so that can be good and bad, right? Cause they know all the shenanigans that people pull and they don't allow them to get away with that. So there is that, but I think they had that increased spending offer for unofficially for people who sign up. So they've done some great things. I think a lot of people in this sort of hobby don't like the fact that there's no sign-up bonus, but Built has very clearly said that they want to spend their marketing dollars elsewhere. And it does seem like they're doing that with the rent day, with all these other promotions. So I'm glad to have another player in the space. And I'm very surprised with how big they've gotten very fast and not surprised having known the people behind it, just uh, how hard they're working to put all the transfer partners together and build the relationships. So I, I think you're going to see them expand. I definitely think that beyond where they're at right now, but I agree. It's good to have a big loyalty program coming on the scene. You don't see that. And one that has very valuable partners like American, like Hyatt to compete with the banks. Yeah. I think more people should give the card a look. 
to the built people if they're listening later this year for the fourth quarter. I could see some fun uh, around Black Friday and the holidays. Hopefully we see some good spending bonuses for people with the cards. Hint, hint. It'll be great to see that. It's a great card to have and it's the only card where you can transfer to American and that's just something that's so unique and different for those people that fly American often that this is a great opportunity uh, for people to get into that space and to be able to diversify your points, like you said, and have different transfer partners. Built has some of the best transfer partners for a card. And it's, people just think, oh, it's only for renters. It's only for renters. No, take a second look. It's not just for renters. There's other perks and benefits that can help you. Yeah. Ironically, it started out as a card for renters and they built uh, one of the most robust loyalty programs. And uh, so, yeah, it's good to see them growing and more people opening their eyes to that program. And as you say, there is value. Just look at the value of the program and the points. And you can just pick up points for free on rent day. You don't have to have the card either. So if you want to play the long game and get a free category one high at night at 5,000 points, do those trivias and eventually you'll be at 5,000 points and then you get a free night without ever getting the cards. It works on all levels there. Jason, thank you for coming out and talking to me about the travel advisor thing, talking about American Express. Where can people find you? How can they reach you on the travel advisor stuff on social media? Where can they find you? Yeah, on Instagram, you can check out Mobius Journeys. And then website is mobiusjourneys.com. Take a look. And if you're interested in learning or wanting to book some fun travel, anything from private jets to cruises to villas to regular hotel room nights on Privé, you name it, I can handle it. And I would love to help all of you. And for this podcast, you can find everything at mtmpodcast.com. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, consider leaving us a five-star review. And I am at Miles to Memories all over social media. You can find me there and all of our post-podcast videos at milestomemories.com. Thanks again, Jason, for joining me. Joe will be back next week along with Mark coming in to talk about his trip to New York. So look forward to that. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.